Speaking of screaming, I haven't heard from Marianne in a while. What up, honey? Well, I've been here, Howard. I've been hanging for you every day, and you know I'll be here no matter what because, Howard, if it wasn't for you, I don't know how I'd be getting through these days lately. Everything in New York is absolutely horrible. It's just depressing and the corona, and I just cook and clean, and I listen to you. That's the only highlight of my day. But I want to tell you that you could get condoms in two hours from Instacart. All you have to do is go to Instacart, and you can put in CVS or Rite Aid, and you can get your condoms in two hours, so then you could be doing the um, the bang time anytime you want, Howard. You bang your you. your husband wears a condom? No, I'm past that stage. Thank God, it's so much better without a condom, Howard. You have no idea. It's so much. It's more. Um, what's that word? It's spontaneous. Well, Very of course, spontaneous. It's much better. Right. Of course. Of course. Of course. So, Have how do you know so much me. about condoms? Um, well, we used to use them, but now right. I, when you were talking about Amazon, I feel like I see a lot of Amazon trucks in my neighborhood, but Amazon took away from the local shops, and I'm, I don't like that. I like to shop local. No, I, I understand that. I understand local. the negative of Amazon, yes. but I'm saying the, the right. level of service has gone down, and I think this has to do with I this postal, postal service situation. Uh, all We're right. Thank you, Mary. All right. all right. Enough, because I'm getting depressed. I don't that know how is all so this funny. is happening. She wants, now, now you've got to have somebody who lives in your neighborhood hand you your condom. Yeah, right. That's just I, I trying to remove the embarrassment. <laughs> I I don't know. It's just fucking crazy. I uh, I did condom research. You know that they, they they haven't really. That's something that I would think that. Um, Instead of going to Mars, I would think that that Elon Musk would Elon figure Musk out how to... should be working on the condom. Yeah, I mean, it's just that <laughs> that's another thing, you know. The condoms are important, and uh, what do you want the condom to do that it's not doing? Well, it's funny. I just ordered um, a, a different. I went online and said, "What is the best condom you know made? Like in terms of sensitivity, you know, you want to feel everything as much as you can." Yeah. And uh, I ordered this one. But it's terrible. I ordered five boxes. They're horrible. They're, they're supposed to be ultra, ultra thin, thin. and uh, really um, like you feel everything. And they were they were horrible. And so then I looked up. Uh, there's something called Skin S K Y N, uh-huh. and um, they say they're the best one ever made because you feel everything. So I ordered them, but I, I never saw them because the postal, the Amazon service uh, right, is uh, right. bad. Oh, hey, honey. I t- just told everyone about bang o'clock. clock. What? <laughs> Hello? She's gone. <laughs> Sweetheart? Bang o'clock. clock. Come here. You, let me see how bad you look. Let me see your pajamas. Watch how good she looks if I can get her in here. I know. Every time she said she looked see. bad, I was like, what? Everyone wants to see your pajamas. Hello? <laughs> oh yeah, you look. Oh, look how good you look. Oh, look! Look at that. The whole thing with the belly shirt and everything. Are you care crazy? You know you're hot. Cut, cut the bullshit. You know, hot women should just know they're hot. That's it. Bang o'clock was great yesterday. Bang o'clock. It happened. I was in rare form. Please brag for me because you know when I had Joey. Well, guess what just arrived? What? Your package. Oh, oh my package. Yeah. yeah. It finally arrived. Tell everyone, you mailed a letter to California, and you moved, mailed a letter three to Pennsylvania. Three weeks. Three weeks. You mailed the letter three to Pennsylvania. Weeks. Still hasn't arrived. Still hasn't arrived. Unbelievable. Two weeks. Two weeks. 
what I mean, what happened to America? I mean, I don't care. I don't care what your politics are. How do you how do you fucking sit around and and and, and how do you think it's okay and everything's great? Right. That's the one thing. I like your jammies. Right. I didn't get dressed yet. That's not true. Believe me, I wish I looked that good. You look good. You know what? <laughs> Bang a clock. Let's go. Right now. I'm no. going to get off the air. Forget Metallica. I'm just trying to act super masculine with my wife right uh. now because I had, I had Joey King on yesterday. And uh, <laughs> a lot of guys think that I'm very feminine with my love of kissing booth oh, and kissing really? booth too. How great is it? Could you comment on this? How great is it to be married to a man who enjoys kissing booth which are traditionally female oriented uh, movies very lucky right it's fun we share that how many times I don't are we know sitting... many women who want to watch kissing <laughs> how many times do you say to me we're watching beverly hills housewives which is like our favorite show and you say to me i can't believe you're sitting here watching it with me like <laughs> i can't even talk during it are you shush me or you yeah well, Pause and rewind. <laughs> sometimes a big fight is going on between the housewives, and Beth starts yapping, and I go, "Shh, I, well, I got to rewind now." I mean, I, I missed. Oh my it. god, what are they uh, saying? That's so important. Well, right now, Denise Richards is in a big fight with Kyle Richards because um, Denise was accused by Brandy of having a lesbian affair with her, and Denise said she she didn't have the lesbian affair. Who wants to miss that? Oh my god. Hey now, bang a clock was awesome, <laughs> man. And I feel I was good like yesterday. I delivered the goods, right? Yeah. See, so maybe I'm watching Kissing Booth, but I'm also very masculine <laughs> with my penis, right, honey? Yeah, I'm a real man. Right, you've never experienced a man like me. All right, thank you. There she goes. Yes, lest anyone think I'm not a real man. Wonder what I'm time telling you, that kissing booth was so crazy. I'm like, this oh. kid has a fight, a boxing pro. He beats up everybody. It doesn't bother his status, and he's going to Harvard. Oh, stop it! <laughs> Not with you. I'm put down my so shows. Plot. <laughs> so, um, kissing booth. This is just one last thing about kissing booth because what? So, ham hands Bill contacted us and said you know he sends us like these voicemails he says he is a fan of kissing booth as well oh no and uh but uh you know i love the innocence of kissing booth his is yeah. such a i mean get ready for the perviest uh fucking comments about kissing booth because like like one of my favorite scenes in kissing booth quite frankly is when joey king all of a sudden the guys start noticing at her school she she's in a rush to get dressed and she grabs her, you know, like well, a she, her pants split, her pants split. So she grabs her schoolgirl outfit, like the traditional schoolgirl outfit, like Britney Spears wears in that, uh, you know, in the that hit me video, baby one more yeah. time. Yeah. So when Joey King shows up to high school, she's wearing a very short skirt and she ties up her, her blouse. And all of a sudden the guys are like, whoa, who's that? It's a pivotal moment in the movie. <laughs> because all of a sudden, all the men or boys at school are noticing her. This is very important to the plot because she finds that the most popular guy in high school now is in love with her. You see? So Ham Hands Bill 
He's in his watching. critique. He's watching, but on a whole nother level. <laughs> the movie's pretty good, you know. Of course, not as good as, as the original. I wish he had, like, more panties, more bikinis, where you see something, you know, like, like upskirt shots, you know, panties. Oh, my God. At least bikinis <laughs> at the beach, you know. But, I mean, no, the, the movie was good. Good drama. The, the main girl, pretty too. And, and definitely she was picked because she's not a 10. That was the whole thing of the movie, that a girl <laughs> that is not a, a perfect-looking girl couldn't get the, the best-looking guy, and she did. Were there any scenes that you really liked? Like, what was your favorite scene? That the gay guy, you know, lacking the other guy was was funny too. You know, it comes through the times, homosexuality and the movies. So that was funny. In fact, uh, we you know we get these voicemails from from um, Am Hands, and, and then Richard said, "I'll call him, and, you know, so we can get clear audio." But but. Uh, he then went on to like um, actually give suggestions to the filmmakers about how they could have made the movie better, and I oh, was fascinated okay. by this. If, you, if you're going to do listening. a scene at the beach and you have those three pretty girls in high school, why not put them there playing in the one in the bikini? A little more kissing, a little more panties, miniskirt. I mean, I was excited that at the beginning of the movie, the high school is all in miniskirt schoolgirl outfit, you know, <laughs> and you get to see else. The star of the movie, panties, you know, the white panties. You could tell that she has a nice body, tight ass. She has a juicy ass, you know, pretty oh, lips. Boy. So I imagine her lips, you know what they said, that the lips of the woman sometimes represent how the private parts look. Oh, yeah? the lips upstairs look like the lips downstairs? Uh, yes, pretty pink lips. So her private's probably nice and pink. <laughs> nice pink ass, or who knows, you know? <gasps> oh, yeah. when he says panties it's just a, he's like our creepy richard roper type you know he's yes a, yeah um we should have him do more reviews i didn't realize <laughs> yeah i mean when he says panty panties the word panties has never sounded more gross than when he says it you're not you know? the lips uh uh lip. may suggest the, the lips downstairs <laughs> <laughs> It's probably for the best that he's in a wheelchair, don't you think, sometimes? <laughs> I'm thinking, yes, there was yeah. a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, if the producers of uh, Kissing Booth 3 are listening, uh, please take notes. Oh, so Ham Hands gave his overall rating for the movie, and he has a very creepy rating system. He judges movies on a scale of Robin's nipples. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, so I give Kissing Booth, out of one to five, Robin's pretty sweet nipples. I gave this movie three nice, wet, sweet, yummy Robin nipples. Robin's yummy nipples. Could you yeah, say yeah. it again? <laughs> Robin <laughs> yummy nipples. Uh, and, and by the way, just a note, if you are searching for Kissing Booth online to find out uh, details about it, um, Sal pointed out to me that uh, you could, if you accidentally put in pissing booth, don't ask me how he knows this. This is one of the videos that comes up. Not kissing, but this is pissing booth. Oh, oh, pee on you, no, daddy, I don't want to get peed on again. You didn't listen. Didn't I tell you to not go out last yes. night? But why did you sneak out for? Because I really wanted to go. Daddy, please don't pee on me. <laughs> you want to look at me? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to listen this time? Yes, Daddy. 
That's a pissing booth, not kissing booth. Oh, that's so terrible. They even had to do that. They made a porno based on kissing booth. Yes. Yes, they did. Shameful. Shameful. (laughs) Um, Can't the the, kids have anything? Sal jerks off to that at piss (laughs) o'clock. Oh, so anyway, a lot of people excited that Metallica is coming on today. A lot of people happy about your birthday, Robin. Happy birthday, Robin. The return of your uh, the return of your revelation about personal hygiene was fantastic. The songs about you sniffing your own vagina still have me smiling. Oh, People dear. love that. Who is that person? That's uh, probably Ham Han's sister who I wrote that. <laughs> uh, no, no, she did not. Happy birthday to the queen of all media. May there be many more years of green drink, shitting your pants, and that beautiful laugh. We love you. <laughs> Robin, you are the greatest part of the show. I take umbrage with that personally, but... <laughs> You are the greatest part of the show. show. I hope you enjoyed your birthday. You are a survivor and stellar broadcaster. Keep inspiring us all. Look at you. (laughs) What was I laughing at then? Uh, We also, um, uh, by the way, we got into this thing yesterday because Penn of Penn and Teller caught a birthday message. For Robin, because Gary, of course, bought one. Yeah. And it got, it led into this whole discussion. If you were listening to the show yesterday about why celebrities do cameo, I kind of told my point of view that if you've got enough money, you know, like why is Penn doing this? Uh, we, we looked online. Penn is worth $200 million according to online. And again, we don't know if that that's accurate, but let's say it's, it's 50% true and he's got a hundred million dollars. <laughs> why would he be doing $200? Uh, voice messages on Cameo. And believe it or not, uh, Gary got an email from Penn. Oh, he did? Yes, he did. And Penn (laughs) said, I got to find it. I don't know where it is. Gary, where's the email from Penn? Maybe it's, oh, I know where it is. It's in my notes. You think I was uh, in charge of the country that we have all these notes. Uh, Here's the email as as to why he does Cameo. Okay. As far as Howard's question about needing the money, I guess I don't, but I sure need the work. I've been in the house with my wife, mother-in-law, and two two teenagers for five months. Uh, I'm not suffering. I'm suffering less than anyone else, but still, it's not great. We're stuck in the house. This is the longest I've gone without doing shows for a live audience in 53 years. Wow. Like Like everyone, I feel like my purpose is gone. So I'm writing a lot and practicing a lot and doing the cameos because it feels like some sort of contact with people. Maybe that's stupid. I don't know. But um, Penn says, uh, in fact, uh, he he's doing it. He wants to contact people. Yeah. Well, you, Penn, contact me, and uh, I'll talk to you. <laughs> but uh, so there. So Penn says, fuck you guys, basically. Uh, if I may paraphrase, <laughs> he said, I'm going to continue to do cameos. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, look. All right, I'll leave it at that. You make your own decision. Look, that's his. He, he, somehow or other, that helps him. Feel like a performer, I guess. All right, I guess. How about uh, doing magic over Zoom for people? Uh, for oh, free. that's going to cost you a lot more. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got an update from um, Sour Shoes about Sour Shoes being on the show Monday. How much everyone loves him. Oh, but I have to interrupt the emails and the and the fan feedback because um Oh, 
Mike and the Mad Dog are on the phone, and they want to talk about Kamala Harris being Joe Biden's uh, decision, okay. his choice for vice president. His vice presidential running mate. Is this Mad Dog? Hey, there's my pals. We haven't talked in nine months or so. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Oh, hi, Mike. Oh, Mike is with you. Yeah, Mike, Mike, how are you? Mike, wake up. Enter Sandman. Mike. Okay. Are you guys excited? Mad Dog, are you excited? Metallica is going to be on. They're going to do some uh, live performing. Oh, I love Metallica. I can remember anything. Oh, my precious, I wish. I love those songs. And Enter Sandman. Let me get your thoughts on this Kamala, the koala. Uh, are you surprised <laughs> now the Rust Belt, no Klobuchar, no, no, no Whitmer, he goes with the liberal <laughs> left to pick a Kamala. Are you shocked about that? Well, I think it was a good choice. Um, I think that she's a very bright woman. I was a fan of hers okay. during the debates. Mike, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, she does. Uh, she's very spunky. She's got a lot of charisma, okay? Joe said he was going to pick somebody, uh, uh, an African-American. But, Mike, she's no blacker than I am, and I'm Italian. I understand what you're saying. I understand that. But the problem with her, I, you know, I have, no, I have no love for her views. I think she's too extreme that what she did to Kavanaugh was a joke. But I do think she stood up to Joe, and I think that gained a lot of respect in Joe's eyes during the uh, debates last June. Your thoughts? Mike? Oh, uh, I think he's uh, asking you. Or is he I, think Mike, Mike? I think Mike uh, fell asleep. <laughs> uh, one thing they have to worry about here is uh, I think this is Trump's race to lose. Okay? I think uh, the problem the problem with going with Harris... Mike, Mike, you, you, don't, you see him out of swords this morning. I thought, I think she should wear less pantsuits, more skirts like Nancy Pelosi. Your thoughts? Uh, she could probably do something a little more... Uh, I, you know, it's funny. Did you hear she listens to Mad Dog when she smokes dope? Did you hear that? Mad Dog and Mike. Go ahead. Enter Sandman. Mike go and ahead. Mad Dog. They're both Sleep with one eye open. Wait a second. Clip in your pillow tight. Off together, never land. Hush, little baby. Okay, don't say a word. Okay. I never uh, thought of it as a duet. Wow. You guys singing together. You guys singing together is terrific, and you doing Metallica is terrific together. We, as Robin just said, we never thought of it as a duet. You know, excellent point, Mike. I thought the one cliff. Uh, the tragedy that happened in 1985 before Master of Puppets. I thought the band was going to go down in flames, uh, but they just got better. Uh, James Hetwell and uh, and then uh, and the things they did with, with with Lars, who, by the way, if you listen to Lars, he sounds a lot like Hansley from Canada. Mike, we don't talk about him anymore. Bad job. Uh, <laughs> exactly. They picked right off like Cheers with Shelley Long and Kirstie Alley. Mad Dog, will there themselves. be? Well, Mad Dog, will there be an NFL season at all? Oh, that, you know, that, the, the sports is a joke right now. I mean, there was two more teams that had five more COVID-19 cases. I don't know if you saw that. The baseball, the Cardinals haven't played a game in weeks. They've only played for the Marlins, have only played four games. 
Uh, the sports world is a joke. Why don't they play flag or touch football instead of have to tackle? I mean, use your noodle. Why do we have to sit here and <laughs> contact sports? There's ways around it. You don't Mike, do you agree? Used to sk- what about Mike? I think that's other... Uh, that's preposterous. You can't have just skilled players playing, dog. You take away uh, New England's, uh, uh, you know, the offensive line, and we've got Dominic Symmetri on the show. Uh, you can't uh, – hockey – Mike, the hockey and basketball are doing it in a bubble. They're, they're, they're not even allowed. <laughs> yeah, Mad Dog, Mad Dog what, do, what do you think of Tom Brady going to Tampa? Uh, I think that – he's put Tampa – he's put Tampa on the map. Now, this is a team that had all offense last year, no defense. But here's a guy, gets under center, and he could – that defense just needs a break. Winston Winston was throwing the ball all over the field last year, turnovers. They were – a lot of these – they had the best offense in the game, but Jameis Winston couldn't stop throwing interceptions all over the field. I mean, he didn't throw a pass he didn't like. What now about Mike? Do you agree with that or gonna... disagree, Mike? Oh, that, I, I have to agree. He's going to run the football. He's going to play ball control now a little bit. Tampa does have a good pass rush. Okay. Uh, they also have James Wilder who could run the football. They've got a couple guys on the ends. Uh, All right, boys. Mike, I... This isn't the uh, look, I just want to <laughs> want uh, Mike to yeah. say, right, Robin, I mean, the Mad I'm... Dog to say, bubble one Happy more birthday, time. Happy beautiful Robin. Bubble. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say the word bubble again? Oh, uh, the bubble. Bubble, and I, I don't say Kamala. I don't say Kamala. I say Kamala. I say Tamper. Yeah. Right. That's right. Wait, Robin, you... have beautiful birthday, girl. How was your birthday week? All right, all right. Enough of these beautiful, two. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But anyway, uh, yes, in people wrote in. <laughs> I, let me get back to uh, Sour Shoes. They say, uh, what a way to start the work week. Listening to Sour, Sour Shoes impersonate Baba Booey live from his untreated green watered pool. Oh, my God. That's we were shocked cool. to learn that... Um, Sour shoes at his house with his parents. They just use rainwater in that pool. I had never heard of a rainwater pool before. I could listen to and watch this mad genius 24-7. You guys should keep a camera on him at all times for a 24 hours of sour show. Uh, call it quarantine boredom, but I'd listen to, I'd listen to hell out of Sour Shoes Unfiltered. Give us a special on Howard 101. Okay, maybe. I was cracking up listening to your team attempt to set up equipment with Sour Shoes on the phone. So everybody <laughs> likes Sour Shoes. People complimented Lucas Delabate, Gary Delabate's yes, son. Lucas made an appearance. Yes, a lot of fan feedback on that. Keep your notes coming. We love to hear from you about the show. Uh, let's see what else we have. Howard, here. did you did you see that they, Forbes has put out a list of the ten best paid actors? No, the ten I, best I, paid actors has come out. I don't like that list. I, you know what? I'm looking at the list that I said to myself. I bet you none of these people went to acting school. Well, wait a second. One of the people on I haven't seen the list, but I would guess is Robert Downey Jr. No, uh, these are well, the best paid, not the best. No, the best paid. He got um, back end on the Marvel uh, franchise I don't for care Iron Man. What he got? He didn't make this list. All right, who made the list? Number one is The Rock at eighty-seven million dollars. Jesus, well, he's, <laughs> he doesn't need acting school. This fucking guy's unnatural. I mean, you've seen him. <laughs> By the way, I mean, I don't know how old The Rock is, but how long can he maintain? That fucking humongous Hulk-like body. I mean, I, I mean, don't know. 
I imagine because a I lot goes into that. I think he's getting up there now. Yeah. Because, like, now you see Arnold Schwarzenegger. He looks good. I mean, the guy's in his fucking 80s or something, and he looks awesome. But, you but know, he doesn't look point, like the Terminator. No. 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 <laughs> he looked like he was beaten up by the Terminator. Right. But anyway, number two is Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Number three. Mark Wahlberg. Number four. Ben Affleck may have gone. Okay. Some Number school, five. I don't know. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And who's number six? Will Smith. All right. Number seven. Lin-Manuel Miranda. What movie is he in? He was in Hamilton, and uh, they did some Disney thing. He's done some movies. I, I think this list is bogus. So I'm going to be honest with you. i got to figure well, Robert look, Downey. Talk to Forbes. Well, okay. Where are they? <laughs> Adam Sandler was number nine. All right. Sandler's got an incredible. Uh, he's, I, I don't doubt that that's real. You know, he's got an incredible uh, deal with uh, Netflix. Operation there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And number 10, Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah. Because in, in Asia, he's like the guy. I'm just wonder, telling you, and where, I don't think where are the actors. These <laughs> where is where is Jackie Chan right now? Do you think? Oh, he's got to be in wherever he's from, right? Isn't he Korean? What do you think? What do you think he's doing right now, Jackie Chan? <gasps> Working out some kind of a stunt for a movie. You think that you think right now? You mean you think this guy works twenty four seven? That's right. He's working on a new stunt right now. Really. You don't think he's like laying in bed, fucking or 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 eating breakfast? Maybe no, no. no. He's you know running up wow. a wall or doing something. You think so? <laughs> he must wow. have a whole layout in his house so he can keep that all together. You know, he's getting up there too. He's got to keep flying. Yeah, please give us your feedback if you know what Jackie Chan is doing right now. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, but there's not even a Tom Cruise on that list. That's like wow. crazy. I don't know that that list sounds suspect. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> People enjoyed hearing from Joey King, Bobo yesterday, comparing himself to a writer on Saturday Night Live. A lot of people had something to say about that. Bobo couldn't even be a writer for Dr. Seuss. No more fucktard Bobo. He is the saddest <laughs> human being on the show. And I think he needs real psychiatric help. Uh, if Bobo can compare himself to an SNL writer, Gary the Conqueror is Adam Sandler and Bigfoot is Will Ferrell. Uh, Bobo killed it on Tuesday. I mean... He's killing the audience with his boring yammering. Thank you, Howard, for reminding this idiot that he's not part of the show except for being an annoying caller. Uh, as far as celebrities on Cameo, Howard, I have to agree with you that celebrities using Cameo to get closer to their fans is utter bullshit. You can interact with fans on any number of social media apps like Twitter at no cost to their admirers. Um, although... Uh, well, listen, it goes on and on and on. I, I, I don't have to yeah. go through all of these, but. Uh, all right. But most people on. agreeing with you. Yeah, you know, mostly. And if they're not, fuck them. <laughs> uh, what else did I want to say? Let's see. Did I get to all my stuff? We got uh, before Metallica gets here. I want to make sure I. I got a bunch of Stern Show mentions. That I have to uh, get to. Oh, yeah? To. Where were we yeah. mentioned? Oh, all over the place. And uh, oh, there's a bunch of things. Maybe after Metallica we'll have some time. But okay. I'll take a little break now. We've been yapping for about uh, an hour and a half. Oh, boy. 
And, uh, yeah. And then we'll come back and maybe Metallica will be ready to do a couple of tunes, hear how the boys are doing. They've been in quarantine. They can't tour. Yeah, I wonder where they're quarantined. Do they all live in the same state or are they spread out? Spread I think out. when they're yeah, I think when they're off like like not being Metallica, they try to get yeah. as far away from each other as possible. <laughs> I think they these guys have figured out the secret they to long term success. Four corners of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll ask they, them about it. They were working on a project and so we it just worked out great for us that they happened to be together for these couple of days. So they must have gotten all tested. Like uh, before, like Lars goes into a room with James or Robert or whatever, they, they, they got to get tested, right? I assume. No idea. I'll ask him. Hey, uh, before I uh, uh, take a little break, which means I'm going to the bathroom, thanks to Muggsy Jeans. What a huh? pair of jeans they make. I'll bet you Metallica wears Muggsy because they feel like jammies, but they look awesome. Go to Muggsy.com slash 100 and check out their comfortable jeans and summer collection now featuring chinos and shorts. And for $10 off any purchase, use code 100 by going to Muggsy.com slash 100. Be back in a flash. I saw Sly years ago on TV at some award show, and it wasn't great. I mean... It wasn't he came the into our studio, and he wasn't. Oh yeah, that was new. Yeah, that was like thirty years ago, though. <laughs> I know. Well, I love Sly and the Family Stone, and I especially love Metallica, who uh, are joining us this morning from their headquarters. Uh, they're so cool; they have a headquarters. Wow. Yeah, we were thinking of changing the name of our compound to headquarters, but Metallica had it already. Let me see these guys. <laughs> Let me see what's doing. Look at that studio. Looks even cool. Where the fuck is that headquarters? Look at that place. Can you see that, Robin? I'm looking now. Gotta pull looking it at up. headquarters. Wow, yeah. that's major. Woo! Yeah, that's well, a big listen. area. Yeah, well, they got fuck you money. They can build an area like that. I guess so. Look at that. Look at Metallica. What a band. I got to get in a band. I need a band so bad. Let's see if I can talk to these guys. I don't think it's uh, set up. Yet. Uh, can they hear you? I don't even know. They don't even care. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of band I need to be in a masculine band. You know, no bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look at these guys. Got the guitars. Like, gotta get yeah, a they don't guitar. even get dressed up. They're rock and roll. Yeah, these guys I got dressed you know. up. <laughs> hey, boys. You know, I was I just got thinking. Dressed up for this? Come on. Well, you're wearing clothes. I don't know if you got I got my up. stage yeah. gear on at 4:30 in the morning. Come on. I know it's early for you guys, and I appreciate this. I mean, Metallica needs not to get up for anybody, but uh, you know, even the way you dress, you guys. How did you avoid? This is what I always wanted to ask you guys. There must have been some kind of pressure. I don't even know if you guys can hear me. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We can yes. see you. We can hear oh, cool. you. Oh, cool. Hey, man. Come on. Oh, hey, man. Great. You know, how did you guys avoid, avoid like, uh, in the 80s when all the fucking metal bands were, you know, wearing spandex and dressing up like women? Uh, a lot of dudes embarrassed themselves now in retrospect. Was there any pressure on you from management, from Metallica to be more commercially successful by, like, you know, wearing, like, like long, like, I don't know, robes or, you know what I mean? Like, how did you avoid that pressure? Kept on laughing at people who dressed like that in our management. We were far. Message. 
We were far too ugly to look like women. <laughs> you were ugly women. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> there was no help for us. But when you would see, like, uh, you know, Cinderella or Rat, and they and, and you'd watch MTV and these bands would come on, did you ever question yourselves and say, like, maybe that's what it takes? We have to, you know, like, 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 how are we, you know, you, every band wants to be commercially successful in some way. But you guys never fucking sold out like that. And I do admire that. I'm sure somewhere along the line, a manager said, guys, you've got to glam it up a bit. Someone must have said that. No, it was actually kind of the opposite because our managers were uh, looking after Dawkin. Remember them? Yeah. Dawkin. And um, so it was clear when we signed with our manager, Peter and Cliff, and uh, they had Dawkin, they had a few other bands, and we were just, we were the, yeah, that, that Def Leppard, which were obviously the biggest band in the world at that time. And we were the antithesis to that. We were the opposite. And that was the premise that we joined them, uh, for management with. So they were actually fiercely protective of us, uh, staying away from all that. And all the bands that we were inspired by, all the British bands or European bands like Motorhead and Iron Maiden and Saxon and so on, they were, they, their whole thing was dressing down and leather jackets and just that street look and kind of came out of the punk aesthetic, too. Yeah, because early on, I, I, I was thinking about this. When you think about rock, like when I was growing up, the hardest fucking metal bands were really Led Zeppelin, ACDC, uh, you know, uh, maybe Sabbath. You know, it, it, it was that kind of thing. And then when you guys first came on, I couldn't even comprehend how fucking heavy the sound sound. It was really innovative. I mean, it was totally different. And whenever I think of Metallica, I think of those early years where it's legendary that you guys were driving around in a van and you, you know, you couldn't get arrested really. I would think there must have been some discussion among the band. Like, do we have to go and change our sound or, or somehow become, I wouldn't say pop, but maybe more mainstream metal because the sound was so different. How does a, how do you keep that integrity going, and how do you stay true, and how do you really know you're onto something good? You, you know what I mean? How do you know? Yeah, it feels right. Well, we just play. We just played what we liked. That, that as simple as that. Our our influences were like what Lars was saying. You know, a lot of the European, uh, more down to earth, just gritty riffs and straight ahead drum beats. No flashy, you know, stick spinning and all the. All of the extra things, the music was what was the most important thing. And we didn't want to have any other thing get in the way of that. No masks, no special costumes or anything that you right. kind of get stuck in, you know. Would you laugh at a band like Kiss when, seriously, when you see a band like that and they're putting on makeup and they're putting on these ridiculous outfits, would you guys laugh at that or could you have some admiration for what they were doing? Well, Kiss, they did it the best. I mean, as far as, far as wearing makeup and that whole presentation, but I mean... Alice Cooper, too, was yeah, the other. Yeah, but yes. all, all, all the other bands, I mean, there's their approach is so different from ours. I mean, our approach was, was kind of based around how we were as people as well, you know? Yeah. And uh, and so the, I don't think that there was is in our personalities to like or, you know, project ourselves that way. Yeah. Kiss yeah. were more uh, Kiss were more characters. So Kiss were cool. I I loved Kiss from seventy five through seventy seven seventy eight. Uh, it was more 
you know, when we were starting in L.A. in 81, it, the bands that were sort of the antithesis as to what we were doing, kind of like you were saying, Rat and Motley Crue and so on, they had a, a different thing. They came out more out of the glam background. Uh, right. So Kiss for us, I mean, I think all of us had a, a at one point a love affair with Kiss, but they were sort of cool what they were doing. The the bands, we, we started in L.A., so it's 1981 in L.A., we're listening to Motorhead. We're listening to all these bands, T-shirts, jeans, you know, uh, and then we're starting to play a few shows up in Hollywood and everything that was playing up on Sunset Boulevard at, you know, the Whiskey and the Troubadour and Gazaris and all those were all those bands that had that image. And it fueled us. It made us want to be the opposite to that. And everything that I was going through in my childhood and, and when James and I hooked up, it was the same thing. It was, we were outsiders and we always felt like outsiders and that was kind of our fuel. We were just so different and, and we just, we, we felt the, a kinship to each other and we were fueled against all those other bands that proved to us what we didn't want to be. When you talk about the fueling, see, this is something I relate to. When I got into my radio career, I was an angry motherfucker. As far as I was concerned, everyone else on the radio was bullshit. This was my attitude. Everybody sucked. I was the only fucking thing. I was the only thing that was worth listening to. It was, it was crazy. And, and, and in a way, wouldn't you need that same kind of anger? I just imagine Metallica early on was like, hey, you know, fuck uh, this band, you know, forget the fucking Stones and fuck the Beatles and fuck everybody. We're Metallica. We're unique. Do you know what I'm saying? There's almost an totally, anger, an, totally, an irrational yeah. anger about it. Uh, because now that I've gotten older, I can appreciate other radio performers. I do appreciate, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't back then appreciate anybody. Uh, no, fully. I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, that's why it's a little weird to sit 36, 38 years later and kind of diss on these people because we've gone through the exact same transformation. We just kind of sit there and go, these are our peers now, and we totally respect these guys in different ways. But back then, you're 18 years old. You're just fueled by being an outsider, by, like you say, this hatred and this fierce belief in who you are, belief in who you are, and – all those other bands, that was just, that was the, uh, the enemy, the opposition. That was who stood in our way for, for achieving what we wanted to do, which was to bring this kind of different music that was not present in LA or on the West Coast of America at that time to as many people as possible. You consider it a mission, don't you? You consider it like, hey, you know what? This is something, this is my personal mission in life to bring something brand new to people and to really stick with it. Have you ever gone back and had to apologize to other bands that you worked with on tour because you guys were angry and pissed off? I know that anger. You have to have it if you're going to succeed. It's, it's, you've got to, have you, have you, you have. There's been well, a couple yeah, yeah. of uh, yeah, I mean, incidents. We're, we're, we're still getting around to that. There was a lot there. You know, it fueled a lot of not only our angst and anger around whatever was out there that we didn't like. And we wanted to change radio just like you did. We wanted right. to change uh, people's perception of music uh, and how how free it made us feel. Uh, you know, college radios definitely helped a lot. Um, but there was a lot of bands that, you know, 
were talking crap about us, you know, right. which actually helped us in a way too, you know. And then we'd actually end up touring with some of those bands, like you know, Motley Crue <laughs> yeah, or something no, there was a- in there. Oh, uh, I'm sorry about what I said in that uh, yeah. that Cream magazine interview. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I didn't read it, but thank you. <laughs> we, we had a we had a tour book. A tour, remember tour programs, uh, these big glossy, like 32 pages, all full color. That was like the pride of, of the tour. So I think it was on the Black Album tour. We found every single fucking negative, nasty quote that anybody had ever said about Metallica. And there was a lot of them. And we put them all in that tour book. And from, some of them were me. Yeah, from guns, uh, you know, from, uh, Motley Crue to the cult to all these critics who were talking shit. And we had them all in there. And it was just kind of the way that we would just get kind of back at these people. You know, there was a, in the Nothing Else Matters video, uh, which was uh, filmed around the studio in L.A. one-on-one when we were recording the Black Album. Uh, we had a dartboard and, you know, we'd get like James saying Cream Magazine, Circus Magazine, Kerrang! Magazine. And we'd take you know, posters of people who look particularly obnoxious and put them up on the dartboard. And then we would throw darts at it. And there's a, there's a clip in that video where I'm throwing darts at a picture of Kip Winger. Remember Kip Winger? Yeah, Kip oh, Winger, yeah. And, uh, and listen, nope. still to this day, I, I feel like a, a, I apologize to, you know, whenever it's brought up in interviews, it's like it was nothing against Kip Winger personally. Have you looked him up? Have you tried to find him? <laughs> it's, it's come back to me a couple times over the years but we would we would play gigs remember we played at Donington we played with Rat right. and we would be in the hotel bar the night before hanging out with members of Rat and you know uh, Robin Crosby and and I mean all of them were super cool dudes Steve but Piercy the, the, yeah there all those dudes it, but there was a obviously a little bit of a public thing that that needed to be fueled also but uh like kind of like what you're saying it it 35 years later, it feels awkward to sit and talk about that, but you can't deny that when you're 18 and full, full of spunk and venom and, and just wanted to fuck the whole world, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I try to explain that to people because for, for years I was like, I anti everybody in radio. And now I look back on that anger and I go, man, that, I don't even know that I, did, maybe, did I need that kind of fucking energy? Did I really need to be at war with everybody? I mean, what, 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 what all the anger wasn't really about my fellow DJs. It was really about some shit I'd gone through in life. You know what I mean? Sure. But, but it does drive you. It does drive you. And, 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 and it, 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 it's, it's an incredible drive, you know? And, 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 and Kip Winger works at Starbucks now. So I guess you guys have, uh, <laughs> the ultimate vindication. Hey, he's got a job. That's awesome. You're yeah, damn right. I don't knock it. Today, that makes a lot of difference. Yes. That's well, right. I love what you're saying, Howard, because it's true that uh, should I have been that way? Should I have been different? No. It happened because it happened. And it had to happen to get where we are right now to respect the past and to respect our enemy and all of the things that fueled us and brought us to where we are now. And, you know, uh, as you might know, you know, the first half of your life is causing destruction and the second half of your life is maybe cleaning a bit of it up you know right for it. yeah, yeah <laughs> so, no I've, I've i've given a couple of those apologies yeah howard, so so howard i have a question for you yes so so howard i have a question for you are do you feel like you're still angry because you know i still feel that that anger is fueling my my 
my music as well still. I feel, listen, the anger is never going to go away. But there's been a certain maturing in my life where I sit there and go, you know what? How come I couldn't admit, like, I am one of the biggest Led Zeppelin fans in the world. That music saved my life when I was a teenager sitting alone in my room. And I love Jimmy Page and I love Robert Plant and and, and Bonzo, the the whole fucking organization. And yet I would get on the radio sometimes and goof the shit out of Robert Plant and be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? He isn't a, a, a goddamn uh, a Viking. He's carrying on. You know? And I'd talk about his belly being exposed while he was singing. And you would think that I hated, <laughs> you know, you would, you would think that I hated Led Zeppelin. And then it was a point in my life where I go, I love Led Zeppelin. Why am I goofing on these fucking guys? I, I think they're great. They're, they're, they're a great band. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I still have that anger, but I've, I've I've explored it a little bit and said I gotta be upfront. You know, I I'm a fan. I'm not I'm not angry totally. with them. You know, we can totally we can totally relate to every one of every one of those points of view. I mean, we would sit and just diss on everybody else, and and ultimately, you know, to make ourselves feel better about who we were, or came out of insecurities or a sense of not fitting in anywhere. You know. Yeah, because you'd sit down with those guys, like you were saying, and they're just people, too. At the end of the day, we're all trying to get through life. We're all trying to do what we enjoy. Why should I put down whatever you're doing just because I'm doing something different? So, yeah. And isn't there something nice about coming to that conclusion? Because you can learn something from these people. I mean, they're fellow musicians. You know what I mean? They're they're not. Some of them are very skilled while they might not be into what you're into. But at the time, it seems like you need that anger. You know, I was watching. I love watching that rehearsal you guys did with Lady Gaga. Because, and I'll tell you why. Because it's mind-blowing to me that Metallica teamed up with Lady Gaga at the Grammys. And the rehearsal video, first of all, she walks in. She's not wearing any pants. And I, I'm thinking, uh, like, what? Like, <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at James in that video. I'm going. He must be saying, "Jesus Christ, maybe I should tell her she's not wearing pants." But it's like the Emperor's New Clothes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but I, I I go, wow! Look at the look at look at these guys. They're able to say, "Hey, here's a fellow musician. Let's have some fun with her. We don't have to be." But I, when you were younger, you would never have worked in a room with Lady Gaga. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like this. Yeah. After a while, you you kind kind of get mature about it all and realize that we're all in this together you know right oh, and i just respect her as an artist you know we had chatted with her before she walked in and you know she she was there for two hours before we even got there working right. on her moves and thinking stuff up she's extremely creative and she's a a fearless artist so and also yeah. when you get when you get to know a few of these people better you you start understanding obviously more about their background and lady gaga in particular i mean she loves metal has been vo- very vocal about her love for metal all the time and would show up at iron maiden shows and anthrax shows and she was telling me that you know metal militia which is this deep cut on on our first album kill em all was her favorite song you know back in the day and so obviously with her that that whole thing was was uh, very authentic and true to yeah, no, it really was. I mean, I actually, I, I, I love that rehearsal video. It really has some great She's energy incredible. to it. Incredible. But I never thought in my life I would see James singing vocals with Lady Gaga and trading off with her. I mean, it just, it was, it was kind of mind blowing. Would you guys ever consider now that you're, you know, you know, in a different time and place, would you ever say to like, um, 
somebody out of left field, maybe Lady Gaga, someone like that. Let's write a song together. Let's 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 collaborate on something. Would that be insane? Because in essence, all music, whether it's metal, rock, pop, it's all about the melodies. It's all about, you know, the, any any great song it can come about even if you mix up these things. Or would that be just would would that just be something that could never happen? We did a version of that called Lulu with Lou yeah, Reed. Lou Reed. I know. That, yeah. And we also did um, a thing uh, back in the day that was not as, as, as well-known as the Lulu thing with uh, Ja Rule and Swiss Beats. Uh, so we've done stuff with different artists. I think for Metallica, it's, there's, I don't think there's any artists that we wouldn't consider as long as we respect them and appreciate their craft. It's more that as a band, we're really insular, and we've always prided ourselves in the fact that we kind of do our own thing, and we don't run off and do guest appearances on other albums, and we don't have a lot of guest musicians through on our own albums and so on, so we're fiercely kind of protective and insular about what we do. But as far as other artists are concerned, if we were to do it, I think there's a whole slew of people uh, both in rock and in pop and in, in different genres that we respect and would work with right. if we were to work with somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I'll tell or you, I like a hundred symphony people. I mean, bro, yeah. yeah, I want, I got to get to that. Cause I was actually at that kind of the first time you guys got together with a symphony. I got a million I questions about that. that. Yeah. And, and talk about well, intimidation. I mean, that is kind of the thing too. I mean, the four of us jam together because we know each other. We know how far to push each other. We, we know each other's buttons and, and our insecurities. When you get new people in, it's a little difficult, you know? Like, well, I'll tell you what. I saw the craziest thing once. It was back in the nineties. I had Steven Tyler on my show and in the same show i had papa john phillips of the mamas and the papas back in the green room steven tyler turns to papa john phillips and says hey man want to get together and write let's just see what comes of it 